This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I wanted to talk motivation. One of the questions that I get asked and have been getting asked for years is what motivates you? What motivates you to want to take care of your health and pursue your yoga practice and to dance? These are things that are huge, huge parts of my life. And oftentimes friends of mine will look to me and be like, wow, like you have so much drive to do all these things. Where does all that come from? And I think it's an important question because we can be motivated by a lot of different things. Sometimes it's external gratification. I feel like more and more we live in a society which we can become externally gratified, whether that's substances that we use in our life or we get attention from other people, you know, but also there's the aspect of it being internal, At what point are we doing things from a place of self-love? You know, if we take away the trying to impress people or doing things for a certain reason or a certain outcome, why at the end of the day are we doing things? What is motivating us to act in certain ways? Is it ethical? Is it for educational purposes? Is it philanthropic? These are all very internal questions that we have to ask ourselves And I think at the end of the day, the reason why I choose to pursue a lot of the healthier aspects of my life is because I truly do love how it makes me feel and I do like the relationship it allows me to have with myself. It allows me to feel good about myself and I think there's a lot of ways in which we can try to go to other things or other people for that type of gratification. But at the end of the day, it's not really something that's going to last always. You know, oftentimes if we're looking for things outside of ourselves, those are things that will disappear. Even if we have a loved one who we're married to, you know, at one point they may pass away and we won't have that anymore. So I think if you're able to keep things and be keep practices and habits in your life in such a way where you are motivated from a place of doing this type of behavior because it's coming from a place of self-love, I really do feel like you'll have a lot of long-term success with that. And as difficult as it can be, it is possible. And if we really think about stripping away all of the other attachments and reasons why we're doing things we can always make it a choice to do things from a place of self-love. I think for me, another way that I can think about this is my relationship with dance really just started when I was a child, like (laughs) younger than I can even remember, to be honest. I loved dancing. Every time my mom would put on music or we were out in public and there was music, I would be dancing around. And I didn't have any technique or form or really know what I was doing, but it made me feel happy, I guess, you know, and so it just started from a place of loving movement and loving the self-expression that I was able to enjoy during that time, 
And as I got older, it taught me a lot more things. You know, luckily I was able to receive training. I was able to start dancing at a studio and do competitions. And I learned a lot of other lessons from that. You know, I was motivated to dance because I wanted to have a successful competition season with my team or I was motivated to want to score well or make improvements on the critiques that I was getting from competition to competition and I was motivated by the growth that I would be able to have and the application of the skills that I was able to practice and grow with because there's a lot of ways in which you know, I think people can do things for the wrong reasons. And, you know, I wasn't dancing for anything really other than the same reason why I started out dancing. And to this day, that is really something that I keep in my life as a choreographer and a dance instructor. I still enjoy movement. And I'm so grateful to have mentors in my life that maybe have like 20 or 30 years on me that still enjoy dance. It's just such a wonderful feeling. I think throughout my experience as a dancer, I did receive attention for a lot of different things. I oftentimes did receive a lot of attention for my talent, for my appearance or how my body looked. Um, I did receive a lot of attention for for those things. And as much as I would get comments from people or different awards at competitions that would be more focused on the um, aesthetics that I had, it's not something that I feel like I ever really got wrapped up in. I wasn't dancing for that type of gratification. I wasn't necessarily dancing to hear the applause of the crowd. That wasn't always something that really mattered to me that much. And you know, oftentimes I felt like my most successful performances would be when, you know, a parent, like somebody else's parent would come up to me and be like, you know, watching you dance made me cry or like made them feel something. I feel like really that's was that was something that allowed me to feel really good. Like I was in those moments, giving myself the most on stage. Like I was giving the most of myself to the audience and giving myself to the performance. And it wasn't about me anymore. It was, you know, really performing art. And I was performing art through my body to the dance and conveying a message and allowing somebody else to feel something whether it was sadness or just any type of emotion, just to allow that to come up and for them to experience it, I feel like that's where I felt like I had a lot of success. Now, do I just want to make people cry all the time? No, <laughs> but I think to have people enjoy your performance to any extent and receive that type of gratification is always great. But to that same point, I don't think that receiving that type of feedback ever even really matched the pleasure that I received from dancing. You know, there's a lot of ways, especially when you do dance competitions, that you can be hard on yourself. There's a lot of ways in life that you can be hard on yourself and be like, oh, that wasn't good enough. Like, I messed this or that up. And, you know, part of the process that dance has taught me, especially through improvisation, is just learning to let go of that voice sometimes. There's sometimes where you really want to focus on your technique, especially if there are other 
aspects to it that you don't want to be, you know, if you're improvising and you're at home in your own space or you're in a studio setting or in a class setting, that's very different than going to a competition and trying to present like refined skills to a panel of judges that are their job as judges is to critique you and to help you become better and point out things you need to work on. You don't necessarily like want to be like sloppy in that sense. But if you really just, I feel like, want to experience your own spirit and your own soul and really feel that, then that's something you can experience through dance. And it's something I experience when I dance. And I experience it when I'm doing choreography or when I'm not doing choreography. And it took me, I think, a while to get to that place because for a long time, I would say probably between ages like six to maybe 13, I wasn't really doing a lot of improvisational dance. So a lot of what I was doing was very choreographed and very structured, which I think was good. And, you know, but I think once I got into high school and was offered more opportunities to improvise within a studio setting, I had a lot of skills that I could use and you know, my improvisation would have the ability to be a little bit more technical. There were a lot of times during my experience as a dancer that I encountered a lot of negative people, a lot of negative girls that, you know, maybe they weren't like negative people, but there were definitely negative aspects to it. There were times where I definitely felt like I was left out because I didn't choose to do some things that other girls were wanting to do, like, you know, party or drink or like talk about certain things. I just really wasn't interested in doing that. And so sometimes I felt left out. But, you know, that was something that I accepted. And I was like, you know what, it's worth it to me to maybe not engage in that type of social activity because that's really not something I'm interested in doing. And if that means I'm a little bit more isolated, that's fine. Like, I'm not really here for that. And I can experience my life in a different way. I'm not motivated to want to do those things because I just want to take care of myself. And I don't imagine doing those things would help me really feel good and having had the advice and mentorship of other people, I didn't really feel like engaging in those things at that time in my life would help me feel good. You know, especially when it comes to like drugs, alcohol, partying and being underage. That's just not stuff that I wanted to do. And I didn't judge the people that I was around at the time or the, you know, people that I was surrounded by because everybody has their own individual choice. And that's what they want to do. They had different motivations. They had different reasons why they wanted to do those types of things. And for me, that just wasn't there. And that's okay. It doesn't make one person wrong or right. I think you just have to be honest with yourself and not do things because you want other people's approval. I think when I was younger, I wasn't motivated by being necessarily accepted by other people I think I was more along the lines of being respected by people. I wanted to be known for being good at what I would do and that I, you know, would take care of myself. Like those things were more important to me at a young age. And I didn't necessarily care about being accepted by people. And that's pretty much stayed with me throughout my whole life. I don't 
really do things in my life for others' approval. And even when I was growing up as a dancer, I wasn't motivated to get approval from people, but I was motivated to do my best. And I always encourage, you know, my friends and my dancers and people that I'm around in my life to do that because I think when you do your best, then, you know, that's the best you can give and you are able to be proud of that because when you know better, you do better, quoting Maya Angelou there. But that's just something that is always available to us. We can either learn and grow from things and be more honest about where our motivation is coming from with ourselves, or we can get really caught up in trying to seek approval or achieve things from a place of like desperation, which isn't really going to serve us long term. I think I'm really grateful that I stuck with dance and even did take a break from dance for a few years because it allowed me to come back to it with um, a deeper appreciation, deeper gratitude, and I think a different mindset. I think sometimes we lose motivation in life because, well, it can be for a variety of reasons. Sometimes... You know, something can feel really right for a long time and then we just need a break or we need to analyze other parts of our psychology that are not allowing us to approach this type of activity with a healthy mindset. And I think when I was younger and I was dancing in the competition realm, it was nice to have a break for a couple years between, you know, being 18 and 19 years old where I did take a break from dancing and allow myself to return to it from a more pure place where it wasn't motivated by winning awards, receiving national titles, regional titles, all that type of stuff, you know, receiving commentary from people getting kind of lost in all of that, it was nice to have a bit of time to reflect and really think about why I wanted to continue to dance. And when I did continue to dance and come back to dance, it was through Latin Ballroom. And so I was able to learn new skills and dance with partners and just kind of build upon what I had already known. And was a really special time and I'm really grateful that I was able to do that and have that time because now I'm able to share a lot of my knowledge and my gifts with the dancers that I work with on a day-to-day basis in my life and that's something that I'm really grateful for and now you know my motivation to continue dancing allows me to share that with other people who are also motivated by that same feeling and it's a sense of community and kind of safety that helps me feel like, you know, I'm doing what I love to do and I'm on the right path. And I feel so grateful that my motivation became something I was passionate about and I was motivated by my passion to the point where it's become such a huge part of my life that I get to do it every single day. I feel very blessed and very gifted in that way and just really, really grateful. 
speaking to the time where I took a break from dancing for a couple of years, that was when yoga came into my life. I think, you know, I had trained really, really hard growing up, spent a lot of hours in the dance studio, pretty much any spare time that I had. It was always training. And again, like I wasn't training because I wanted my body to look good or anything like that. It was really because I was motivated to get better and I really enjoyed the process of dancing. And when that became something that I wasn't doing anymore, I kind of lost track of what I wanted to do. I did want to stay active. It's kind of weird for me to like not be active. However, I have gone through periods of time where I've had to be a little bit more reclusive and heal and you know, whether from injuries or just, you know, from sickness and just not do too much activity. But yoga did come into my life when I was 19. And I initially I started practicing yoga, hot yoga for about a week before I was going to a dance convention. And I was motivated to practice yoga because I wanted to dance. And I wanted to you know, start this hot yoga practice because I was getting flexible and stronger really, really quickly. And it allowed me to go to this dance convention that I went to, which was two days in the OC, if anybody's familiar with that. It's um, run by the Casperys and it's in Orange County, usually in June. You should go to it if you can. Um, I went to it a lot when I was growing up. But I think like being motivated to want to go and take from all these instructors like, you know, Mandy Moore, who's like an Emmy Award winning choreographer. She choreographed um, the La La Land movie that was, you know, received Oscars and stuff. And a lot of other really well-known choreographers, like I was really motivated to want to go take class. So I was like, okay, This is not going to be the easiest thing, but I was motivated to push through whatever kind of discomfort or pain or challenge that I was going to deal with in the yoga room because I was motivated to dance. And for me, I feel like almost no amount of like pain or sickness can really keep me from wanting to dance. So I was just motivated to take care of my body and start to make things feel a little bit more alive. I feel like After I stopped dancing, I was still going to the gym and stuff, but that just, like, doesn't really do it for me. So, you know, there's an artistic expression that comes out through dance, and that's really something that I'm always motivated to want to experience. So yoga, on the other hand, really wasn't about external gratification. It was not about impressing anybody. Yoga is about connecting your body and your mind and using the power of your mind to essentially control your body, not in like a controlling sense, but like you're using your mind and connecting it to your body. Instead of letting your mind wander all over the place, you're able to really take charge of your thoughts and use your mind to your advantage and in turn gain health benefits. So Beginning that process, I had to let go of a lot of the constructs which I had accepted in my dance training. There was a different alignment that I had to accept, which was a little bit more, it wasn't as turned out, it was a lot more turned in, a lot more parallel. So stretching and building strength in different muscles that I had not used before. Um, I... I think there was a competitive nature to me where I would want to go to class like every single day 
And if I wasn't like getting better every single day, I would be like kind of hard on myself to begin with. And eventually that faded out of my practice. Um, I would say within a year, I was like, that was just not going to be something that was going to work because, you know, your body's different every single time you go into the class and, you know, you're going through different things in your life, like the amount of sleep you've gotten, the amount you've hydrated, the amount you've eaten, like all of those variables play into what kind of class you're going to have. So I think it did teach me over time to, you know, it motivated me to drink more water. It motivated me to want to get more rest. It motivated me to want to eat, you know, better and eat foods that would be complementary towards my yoga practice, which I'll get to in a little bit. But, you know, I was really motivated to experience my yoga practice because it was almost the first time in that way that I had been able to experience myself and really focus in. You know, when I practice yoga, I like to look in my eyes the whole class and I like to look at my alignment from time to time and make sure everything's good. But it's like I really use that as a time to connect my with myself and appreciate my body, appreciate myself. And I love being able to go to class and see my body change and stretch and bend in all these types of different ways and create all these different shapes like to me, it's really, really cool to be able to see what I'm capable of. And it's something that I hadn't experienced really. I mean, I had seen myself be able to do that as a dancer, but I feel like I didn't even necessarily connect with myself as much as a dancer because you're always sort of focused on performing for an audience. When it comes to yoga and the yoga room, you're not really setting yourself up for that kind of preparation. Like you're not necessarily practicing yoga so that you can perform it and like show people or like any of that type of stuff and I did even do yoga competitions for I think like four years and I would prepare like a yoga routine and basically like a yoga competition was more like being judged on like grace points and basically you go up on stage and you'd perform a series of postures and you'd be judged on the difficulty, your ability to control yourself in the postures, like going in and coming out of it. And I was really motivated in my practice for a while because when I went to my first international yoga competition within my first year of practice, I began practicing June 2009 and, oh no, May 2009. And then went to first international competition that fall. And I saw all of these incredible yogis from all over the world that were doing things with their bodies, which I had never seen before. And it was like, wow, if they're capable of doing that, I wonder what I'm capable of doing. So I was really inspired. And I think inspiration definitely has a place in motivation. Sometimes if we don't feel like motivated to do something, we can get inspired by other people because I think there's a lot of times where we want to start new habits. We want to change things in our life and we want to improve in different areas, but we don't necessarily feel motivated to do it because we don't know what's going to happen. It's like, 
a whole host of different outcomes, you know, could happen. So, but when we see other people that maybe have achieved goals, which we want to achieve in a certain way using certain things, um, you know, whether that be weight loss or like healing from health issues or, you know, achieving more strength or whatever it may be, um, growing a business, you know, really it's endless. We can look to other people as inspiration and that can motivate us because sometimes we don't necessarily see what we're capable of because we haven't experienced it yet. But when we see somebody else doing it and living it day in, day out and thriving and performing at that level, it's it can be very inspiring and can give us something as a source of hope or faith and I think I'm really grateful to have a lot of friends in my life that are very inspiring to me and inspiring to a lot of other people. And they have gone through metamorphosis, you know, in their lives and experienced that. And they're able to share differences in, you know, from their past to who they are now. And it can be positive and inspiring to a lot of other people. You know, it makes me just feel always very energized to be around people who have changed their life for the positive and I don't know it's just good energy to be around so after going to my first yoga competition was super super inspired wanted to practice all the time so you know I would do things like 30 to 60 day challenges and even during that time I was practicing yoga day in day out you know for months even years sometimes, you know, I've been, it's, you know, I'm going on eight, no, nine years now, nine years of practice. And definitely there were times where I was just so, so consistent with my practice. And I think there were a lot of different things that I was motivated by during that time. Sometimes it was, you know, I just wanted to feel alive and healthy. I wanted to really have a good workout. I wanted to feel really like I wanted to have an opportunity in a space where I could push myself to my absolute max and still feel really relaxed and energized after I completed my practice. But there were other times that I really just wanted a stress release. I have to say when I was in college, I was so motivated to go to yoga because the studio that I practiced at had this incredible steam room and I could go in the steam room and steam in there for like, you know, 10, 15 minutes um, before or after class. And the room was hot. It's like, you know, 115 degrees sometimes. It would get really, really hot in there and 40% humidity. So it was super dry, super hot. Like I remember having classes where it literally just felt like the heat was going right through your body and your body like literally wasn't even there. It was insane. But being that I was at UCSD in La Jolla, I would come down to the studio and I would sit in about 40 minutes of traffic on my way down, usually in the afternoons, and I would look forward to that steam room like so much because it was just warm and toasty in there and you know, I look forward to my practice because it gave me a sense of consistency. I was around people that would also come practice on a daily basis. I had friends that I, you know, were significantly older than me. Like, you know, I would say like 10 to 20 years, typically, maybe even 25. Um, 
even older than that sometimes. There were a lot of, it was a, I think most of the times that I've even practiced yoga, it's been an older crowd. It's rare for me to be around someone who's like my age, um, you know, in their 20s, like in the yoga room sometimes. But that just might be the studios that I'm practicing at. Um, but during, you know, my college times, I was in my really early 20s and 19, 20 years old. Like, you know, it was nice to be around people that had been practicing for a while. And I think it really motivated me to see that this is something that they had stuck with for a long time, that it wasn't just some kind of phase that they went through or they practiced a couple of years and they're like, OK, like on to the next thing. You know, some of the people have been practicing 10, 15 years and they're still doing it and they still practice every day. And I think being able to practice next to people in the yoga room also really motivated me. There would be times where I'd be in the yoga room and feeling so tired, like I just wanted to leave the room. I was totally exhausted, like didn't want to do it anymore. And, you know, it was just like, I was like, oh my God, my class is over right now. Like I'm really, really done. And, you know, I would feel like kind of or just like see the person in the mirror next to me or like see the person in front of me or behind me. Like I would just be able to sense that group energy in the space and like that would motivate me to keep going and be like, no, you know what? Like they're doing this. I can do this too. And I think it's important to not do things in life just because other people are doing them. Like there were plenty of times where if I needed to lie down and rest or take a break, like I honored my body and I did what I needed to do. And I still will do that. You know, I don't think like you have to push yourself to the max just because your instructors or your, um, you know, people in life are really requiring that of you or they might know that you're capable of a lot and but sometimes it's just like you don't need to push yourself that hard to the point where you're so exhausted that it's really defeating the purpose of gaining the benefits of even practicing. So I think you always have to honor yourself in that respect. But it was always really motivating to be around people that were pushing themselves, you know, slightly beyond their comfort zone and doing their best because – it's difficult to stick with something. It's sometimes difficult to even finish things when we start and things get hard in the middle. But I think if you have good people around you and a good sense of community, which I really experienced um, both, you know, in dance, in the vegan community and in yoga, like that really makes it a lot more um it can be a source of motivation for you because you know that there's other people around you that are going through the same kind of challenges and they're still working through it and you can allow that to be inspiring to you. I think, you know, and I've said this many times before where social media can be a really great outlet for people to change and allow others to inspire that change within them. And it can be for a positive. So, you know, there might be somebody that's on the completely other side of the world than you, but you can be really inspired by their story. And if they're sharing authentically, then it can be a really nice source of inspiration and, um, you know, can be very motivating for you. So I think when it comes to raw foods and that whole scene, I definitely get almost probably most of my questions about how I stay inspired for yoga, but then also eating a lot of raw foods and being vegan. And I think, you know, for me, I dealt with a lot of digestive issues growing up, and that was something that I did not want to deal with. 
My dad had diverticulitis in his mid-30s, and I watched him go through that, and it was really kind of, it was a little bit frightening for me to see my dad in the hospital and, like, have to have surgery and all that kind of stuff. And knowing that it was due to digestive issues, I think it kind of motivated me to want to look into ways where I would not put myself at a similar risk because my dad had had those digestive issues. I was already seeing that I was having problems, you know, with my digestion. I was like, whoa, like, I don't want to be looking into my future in this situation. So I feel like I should try to figure something out. So I was really motivated because I think I saw what could potentially happen. And, um, you know, obviously, like, There are a lot of different contributing factors to digestive issues, and especially like what my dad dealt with. And, but I think I was really wanting to address my own, and I was dealing with a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort, you know, throwing up food unintentionally because my body was just literally rejecting what I was putting into it and like could not process it. And I was like, I don't understand. Everybody else is eating this stuff. Like, why am I the only person having a problem eating this? So it was very frustrating because, you know, I loved eating. (laughs) Like, I loved eating food. I needed to eat food as a competitive dancer, training as much as I was. I needed a source of energy. I needed to um, fuel myself. And I was motivated to do that as well. Um. You know, so initially when I began the process of refining what I was putting in my body, I didn't really approach it with a dieting mindset. I wasn't like, okay, I'm going to go on this diet for a while. Like, you know, that's not really, that's not what motivated me. I mean, I'm about like 5'9", like 125, 130 pounds, like I usually go between there. Like weight loss is not really something that I was ever really like motivated by to a large extent you know I've I've just kind of really at this point like my motivation to get into you know eating more raw foods and being vegan was to you know hopefully change my body chemistry and how my body was processing what I was putting into it it was not for weight loss or anything like that I really wanted to see improvements in my health And that's what it's largely been motivated by. And initially, I think I would see like pretty immediate benefits. Um, Back in the day, like I started out when I was, you know, just starting out eating raw. I love citrus. Citrus is my favorite like type of fruit. Like my mom drank a ton of orange juice when she was pregnant with me. And oranges have like pretty much throughout my whole life always been my favorite fruit. You cut up a plate of oranges and put it in front of me, it's going to be gone soon. So (laughs) um, when I first went raw, I was eating a lot of oranges. And one of our really good family friends has like a, or they've moved from this house since, but they had a lot of oranges in their front yard, a lot of orange trees, like a little orange tree orchard type of situation. They had a variety of about probably seven types of different citrus. So they had a really large amount and they were just like, you can come over and pick oranges like whenever you want to. So that was something throughout my college time that I would really enjoy to do on the weekends, like go over to their house and like pick a bunch of citrus. And then I would make fresh orange juice for myself all the time while I was at school. So um, so when I initially started 
I was eating a lot of fresh citrus and citrus is super, super cleansing for your body, really high in vitamin C. So it, it was like I went through a lot of detox pretty fast. I would say like I was just clearing out a lot of mucus in my lymphatic system, which allowed me to feel really energized. And this was after I started my yoga practice. You know, I was motivated to start eating raw because being that I was practicing hot yoga in such high temperatures, I would oftentimes feel like, you know, okay, like it made sense to eat foods that were more hydrating because then I wouldn't be as dehydrated in class. Whereas if I was eating things that were, you know, cooked down a lot more or like, I don't know, more difficult to process, it would make my experience of practicing yoga a little bit more difficult. And I would find that from day to day that that was something that, you know, eating raw foods really worked for me in that sense. The high amount of potassium balanced with like equal like sodium levels and like fresh vegetables and stuff for me during that time is like really working really well. So, you know, my yoga practice really motivated me to eat raw and I was motivated to eat raw because I wanted to practice a lot of yoga. The more I ate like clean, the more I really wanted to experience what my body was capable of in my yoga practice. So I did see a lot of those benefits. And I think as the years went on, it was just something that grew with time. I learned to be able to eat with the seasons and eat a lot of different types of foods. And it made me want to try things. You know, I was motivated to try a lot of different types of fruits and vegetables especially like coming to shop at specialty produce, like going to the farmer's markets, all those things like really just opened me up to such a greater degree of variety than I had ever experienced growing up. I've tried so many different like fruits and vegetables from all over the world at this point that it's like, you know, and it's really endless, you know, just there's so many different things to try. And so I feel really motivated to want to experience all of those different things in the same way that I loved trying a lot of different foods when I was younger, a lot of different cultural foods. Like now it's just, I feel like a little bit higher quality ingredients, a little bit more fresh. And I still get to enjoy eating and having like really optimal digestion for my body. And I don't have to deal with the pain that I dealt with when I was growing up. I don't have to deal with, you know, being nauseous and like having feeling just super fatigued and like not knowing what to put in my body that was going to make me feel my best. It's like I'm so grateful to know now what works for me. And I understand that it's not something that necessarily everybody's really motivated to do. I think for most most of the time when I hear from people, they're very respectful and, um, you know, accepting of my choices to live my life how I do and, like, have the the lifestyle factors that I do have. And I'm not necessarily, like, motivated by people's approval of that. It's just, you know, kind of a byproduct of, like, my choices. But, But I think not everybody necessarily wants to eat a lot of raw, fresh food. Like, some people, they just that's not their jam. They're not really interested. I honestly like feel like every time I get to share something that's unique with my students or one of my friends, maybe like a fruit or vegetable that they hadn't tried before, that usually it's like a pleasant response. But I think that's another thing. It's like sometimes people just don't have the motivation to want to do it because they don't know 
what it is or they don't really care. They're like, oh, that looks weird. Like, I don't want to try it. Like, or, you know, everybody has their different preferences. But I think for me, a huge part of what helped me stay vegan was the community of people around myself, the benefits that I felt um, in my day to day, in my digestion, in my yoga practice. And, you know, eventually once I returned to dance, like as a dancer as well, just the different level of physical fitness that I'm able to experience now. I mean, it's really kind of crazy. Like I can run pretty much like seven miles straight without having to stop. And that doesn't even require me to have like consistent training either. Like I, I ended up doing that just a couple months ago with some friends and I was so surprised. I was like, I haven't run in such a long time. You know, I do do a lot of cardio as a dancer and stuff and, you know, maintain my body in a lot of different ways. So it doesn't, it wasn't as challenging to do that. But at the same time, it's like, I have a lot more energy available to me than I ever did when I was younger. You know, running for me used to be something that was pretty challenging because I feel like my, you know, the efficiency of like my hemoglobin literally in my blood, like the ability to uptake transport and deliver oxygen to my muscles was like more compromised because of the food that I was eating. I think I understand it to a different degree now, but definitely when I started to experience the the health benefits of being vegan and eating a lot of raw foods, that became a really motivating factor too. Cause I was like, whoa, like I don't really want to go back to what I used to experience. And I have all these other reasons through educating myself and doing a lot of research um, about eating vegan in a healthy way that, um, you know, just allow me to appreciate it and realize that I don't want to have like a negative effect on the planet. I don't want to, you know, be harming animals for my food. Like that's a part of my personal culture. You know, if you can like if I'm, you know, giving the analogy that I would be my own country or my own state or whatever, it's like there's a culture to every single part of the world as specific as you want to get down to it. And like, I feel like my personal cultures, like I really like to find ways which I can experience all that I'm capable of in my life. And I love eating fresh foods. I love expressing myself. I love being able to see what I'm capable of doing. And so I choose to keep habits in my life, which support me doing that. And I think also motivating myself to take care of like my mental and emotional health has been really, really amazing as well. Like that's been a process and I think everybody goes through like different challenges and stuff as you get older in life. And I did deal with a little bit of, you know, times in my life where I was a little bit more depressed than others. And I think learning how to deal with that, learning healthy coping mechanisms for those feelings, which, you know, I consider to be normal. Um, for people to have. I think learning how to cope with that in a different way also allowed me to be a better friend and a better person in my life, like two people and allow them to come to me and, you know, for me to be able to share from a place of experience and having maybe gone through similar things that they've gone through and be able to share and what things that have helped me get through those times and allowed me to just be a better friend. And um, I'm really grateful that that's something that I keep in my life as a practice to continue to work on improving my 
you know, emotional health because we're always going to go through things in life that will challenge us. And I feel really, really grateful to have the motivation to want to do that because I see the benefits that it has in my life. I feel really stable and just happy in knowing that I can handle things differently than I used to. It's always possible for us. And I think sometimes people don't feel motivated to get help in those areas because they don't know that they can feel better one day or they can deal with things differently. But sometimes when they're able to see somebody else do it or at least be open-minded to different ways of handling things, then that open-mindedness will allow them to hopefully go down that path and be motivated to want to go down that path because they'll realize how much it affects every single area of their life. I think another way in which I was super, which I've experienced motivation was when I started my first business when I was 22. I started Ultimate Produce, which was an organic food co-op where I delivered basically boxes of mixed fruits and vegetables that were seasonal and local and people could buy them through the website and there was a variety of different options that people could have like whether there were different um like there was a juicing option there was just if people just wanted fruit they could just order like a box of mixed seasonal fruit they could just order greens if they were doing a lot of green juicing different sizes of like mixed fruits and vegetables and all of it was you know, made it easy for people to eat things fresh. So it wasn't a lot of like root vegetables and things like artichokes and stuff that you had to cook or whatever. It was just literally stuff you could grab and eat or make a salad or a juice or a smoothie super easily with. So that was really awesome. And I really enjoyed that. I had a lot of success with that business and it allowed me to create a community of people around me in my life that I could share this with in San Diego. So that was something that really motivated me to keep that business going. I felt like I was doing a good thing for the community. I was growing in, you know, realizing what I was capable of and in like, you know, starting a business that young. And, um, you know, it motivated me because I had a community of people And I was able to experience this passion that I had for eating healthy food with them and, you know, share events with them. And it was just nice to be able to connect with them during that time. So I think, you know, it can be really, again, difficult to start things from scratch, especially if you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And I think it's We live in a time where we have so many options available to us and it can almost be overwhelming because there are so many choices and we could say, oh, well, I could do this or I could do that. Like there's a lot of options. I think you have to be really honest with yourself in regards to what you want for your life and what you want to do with yourself and what type of direction you want to see yourself going in. I think, you know, it's important to not be too hard on yourself because that can really defeat the purpose of whatever goal you're trying to achieve and you may not enjoy the process as much along the way. Making changes in life can be really difficult and can be really challenging as well. But when you're able to have good sources of motivation and you're motivated to do things because you love yourself, 
You're not doing stuff to impress other people. Like, just strip all of those things away. Like, even just just think about any type of habit that you have in your life. And think about why are you doing it. If you have a new thing that you want to incorporate into your life, why do you want to do it and be honest with yourself? Why do you want to wake up in the morning? Why do you want to continue a relationship with a certain individual? Why do you want to get healthier? Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to begin a new practice or behavior in your life? Why do you want to do it? I think when you answer that question, it's really, that can be something that you come back to in those points where you start losing your determination and your motivation. If you have the why taken care of, you're able to come back to that with a really honest perspective in regards to finding a really pure source of motivation And it will allow you to move forward in your life, make positive changes, and discover more of what you're capable of doing in your life. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.